You're listening to Rust Belt Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human. We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them. So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy naked in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue. And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset. And that's okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rap that. <laughs> oh, dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I am Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. Joined, as I always am, by Andrew Hedinger, who you can find on social media at Andrew Runs A Lot. The podcast itself can be found on social media at Rust Belt Running. Today, we welcome back friends of the pod, Heather McLeod and Erica Gennaro. We had them on last year, like right after COVID lockdown started. So they catch us up on what their running looked like at the end of last year, what it looks like this year. Pop um, quiz. How many R's in Heather's Instagram handle? Uh, ah, three. Three. Three? No, I don't think you're close. I don't know. Um, We're going to find out. It is. Oh, shoot. Oh, you know what? It's all messed up. That's what it is. Dang it. Yeah, there's also like three A's. Three A's, three three T's, one H, one E, three R's. That was a total shot in the dark, so. I thought it was more, but it's because of all the other repeat consonants in there. Yeah, yeah, actually, like as I'm looking at it now, I don't think I could have told you that there were so many other multiples of other letters. Yeah, it's okay. We had fun fun talking with them though. Yeah, it was really, it was the great conversation. Um, We talk about the Stockdale paradox, which, you know, if you haven't heard about that, you're going to, that was a good conversation. Um, Before we dig in, Andrew, you, I'm just going to turn the floor over to you. So I just wanted to take a quick minute and uh, just say thank you to everybody who has sent, um, you know, warm wishes, kind words, and, you know, said a prayer for my dad who was diagnosed with cancer last week. Uh, We, we don't have a ton of information on it right now, which is part of what's um, killer. The information we do have does seem to be best case scenario at the moment, which is um, (laughs) good, uh, but still serious. Uh, But I, I just wanted to, I told Adam beforehand, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about how I'm trying to break through some of my own uh, cynicism when people say things like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And our thoughts are with you. I used to be very much the, uh, the type of person that kind of avoided saying those things or, um, you know, even brushing them off if they were said to me because it maybe seemed obligatory and, um, insincere. Uh, but I'm, I'm realizing now through this as I, uh, partly through the community we built here at Rust Belt Running, but also just on other, you know, social media, whether it's, you know, Instagram with other runners or Twitter with other runners and people who like to talk shit about sports or Facebook where it's a lot of friends and family and people I've known for decades. Um, 
I believe every bit of every word that people have said to me to be true. And, uh, and it has meant a lot. It's been a very, very, very emotional, uh, week, uh, as we record this on Tuesday, the second, hopefully this week is far less emotional because it's been pretty good so far, but, uh, hopefully, hopefully this is one of those things that does not, um, outdate itself by the time this is actually published. Uh, but you know, I'm just, I'm very grateful to every kind, to everybody who has said any kind word to, um, myself reached out to my mom, brother, sister, uh, or, or my dad. Uh, I am just so thankful, uh, for that. And I, I appreciate the words and it, um, it just means a lot. So I, I'm breaking through my own cynicism and that's already one positive I can, I can take out of this ordeal. And I, I will be sure to continue to keep people updated um as i mean i'm not going to go into crazy details all the time but you know at least if things are good or bad <laughs> i can at least go that far um, but the rest of it you know we don't need specifics but um yes i'm thankful so <sighs> that's what i got for now the heavy part's over and uh we can move on to fun rust belt running Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll just, I'll, uh, obviously you and I've been texting throughout the week and I'll just, you know, say to you what I said to you in text, which is just, you know, I, I'm thinking about you and your family and, you know, I offer you my best. And if you need anything, you obviously know to reach out and ask. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a good way to transition off of that to more lighthearted stuff. Um, well, uh, let's go here. Heather brought up a great, um, quote we talked with uh, Heather McLeod and Erica Gennaro, um, who we talked to, have we confirmed if this was the third or fourth time they've been on? I was looking, I am pretty comfortable. I know it's at least three. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's four. as you're talking, I will. Okay. Look, well, we had talked a couple weeks ago about some of the uncertainty that mm -hmm. 2021 brings. And we kind of had a certainty pretty early on in the pandemic that, the last, the back half of 2020 was just going to be terrible. And it yeah, was absolute shit. Um, but uh, we didn't ask them lessons they learned from, oh man, we suck. Heather came way more prepared. Yeah, we, we feel really bad because <laughs> our guests came way more prepared than, uh, than we did. But uh, yeah, she just had, she had some very, um, a great quote that she brought to us that I think is just very um, it's, it's, it hit me based on, you know, what I'm going through with my dad uh, as well as um, as this uncertain 2021 we're in. Um, can I give you one thing about my dad's cancer that made running a little easier this year? Yeah. I'm definitely not running glass city anymore. As if there were any doubt a couple weeks ago, I'm yeah, I'm definitely not. Even I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see if it even happens. If it does, I'll transfer my bib to somebody if they want it. If not, I'm gonna hedge my bets and hold out that it <laughs> that I can get deferral for one more year. Right. Um, yeah, I'm not honestly like I'm not feeling great about spring races in general. Like. Pittsburgh just announced that they're not going to do theirs live at all. Now, granted, Pennsylvania, different set of circumstances than, say, Ohio. Hall of Fame got the green light. 
here in Canton from the health department. But we it's will February, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's February. How, and I, how do they green light? I mean, I guess they have to green light part of it because they have to continue to move forward with, you know, different um, vendors and, you know, police and course and stuff like that. They have to, so they have to get some type of green light. They can't just hold them hostage forever. Well, like Cleveland today put out an email and basically said like, you know, basically what all races have said, like, as of right now, you know, we plan on hosting a live event, but they also said like, we don't know what our course is going to look like because we don't know what, you know, a course can actually look like in Cleveland. And so I think it's one of those things where right now spring races are just trying to figure out exactly like what it can look like at all. Um, I, I'm so happy. We talked, you know, to rehash what we talked about two weeks ago, you'd kind of plan on glass city. I'm thrilled that I wasn't planning on running a spring race, which had nothing to do with COVID. It just had everything to do with, I wasn't planning on running one, but, um, I'm happy. I'm not thinking about it. I'm actually right now, possibly reconsidering my fall plans. You and I had kind of pegged Columbus as being a possible fall race. And I'm starting to think more about doing something smaller like the towpath because so you post something about that yeah just given that we don't know what fall's gonna look like i feel far more confident that a smaller race given that they held their race last fall i feel much more confident that a small race is going to happen than a big city race right those races might not be a thing until next spring we don't know know, we talk we, we talk about that with heather and erica we just we just don't know so and what do you want to tackle training? You don't know, or do you just want to go out and run and, and know that you can run, you know? And I think that's, that's the battle that we're all fighting right now. Yeah. I, I think what I've, I think what I've probably honed in on is really just getting back to consistency. Like I, I, I ran six miles today and like, I'm a little tired right now and I'm, I'm getting reacquainted with that that feeling your body gets when you're consistently running five days a week. Last week, I ran five days a week for the first time in probably eight months. Yeah. And it felt great, but my body's like, Hey, just a reminder when you're running consistently and putting up mid twenties weeks, which is low for me, but it's, it's high given that I haven't run much, you know, there's, there's a level of fatigue that comes with that. So I think I'm just trying to get back to consistency. Yep. I know that racing in one form or another is going to happen I suspect in the fall, it just might not be exactly what we're used to. Um, I don't know that I've set any specific like, oh man, I'm looking PR in the fall. I think I'm just really looking to reacquaint myself with the love of it. And whatever happens in the fall is going to be a bonus. And I'm probably in my mind looking more at like next spring is when I really plan on like going hard and anticipating it's more normal. So just remember, if you need races to motivate you, do you really love running? Man, you went there. You went there. I like it. I really I do. Don't. I, I like the, no, I'm saying I like that you went there. Oh. <laughs> and you know what? Like we we talk, I'm not gonna give away what Erica's answer was, but we talk towards the end of our interview with Erica and Heather just about like what their 2021 looks like because they're you know, we'd had them on the first time talking about they're trying to finish up the world marathon majors. They're two races away. And they, I mean, when we had them on last year, like they were just coming off of Tokyo being canceled, their calendars are already looking at next year. So they talk about the what, year after. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, you know, so they talk about like, given that that goal is something that they're not even really looking at for this year, they talk about what their running is going to involve in this year. And I love their answers because their answers really, I think, perfectly personified the idea of what we've talked about, the difference between running and training. And how I'm trying to focus on running and training, I guess, because I'm kind of, you know, in this limbo of getting back into it. And, right. Um, you know, and, and during this time of just insanity for myself and my family, I'm trying to, I mean, this was all designed before I knew about my dad, but, uh, you know, this really gives me, I I think, something tangible to go after. Um, I've just been working out. Well, I'm going to do it all of February. We brought it up a couple weeks ago. I don't think you don't think we touched on it. I think we might have touched on it for a split second, but not long enough last week. Um, All of February, just simply working out for 20 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. At least, I mean, there will be days I do more, um, but just trying to keep it simple, keep it manageable and, and enjoy it and develop the habit it takes 28 days to create a habit. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's where I'm, uh, that's where I continue to be at. And I think right now, just the timing of it is just perfect for me because again, it's manageable. Uh, right. So yeah, you wanted yeah. me to run streak, and I, I, I did just for one month, but you wouldn't do it. I wouldn't just because I know that I need my days off. Um, but my commitment was to, and it's really like coming back from a, an injury riddled year, really a couple of years. Um, I'm committed to making sure that I do mobility every single day because I think that's consistency that has been missing in my training in years past. And so I, I posted, you posted yesterday a video, and I posted my video yesterday, and. I'll continue to make sure that I do that to keep myself accountable. Cause you know, something I realized with work is that I essentially work a job. That's kind of a low level weight workout, like between mm-hmm. running things and carrying dishes and all that stuff. Like I beat my body up, not in a running way. And it impacts other parts, you know, with my running. So right. I need to be holding myself accountable with that. So I've been doing it regularly really in 2021 already of making sure that when I get home from work, I'm mobilizing and I'll make sure that I commit to doing that. Cause that's part of my plan to get back to the fast running that I used to be able to do. Yeah. You're not too far off. I've seen your splits. Yeah. I just want to be able to do it consistently and feel right. I'm still working on figuring out if Erica and Heather have been on three or four times. Wow. I thought you were going to have that by now. Well, like I've been distracted talking to you. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have the answer either. So I guess I don't feel that I'm surprised Heather didn't have it with how organized she is. Um, but it looks like it's only their third time. I would have sworn we had them on one more time. I, I think I kind of felt like we, yeah, you know what? I wonder if it was maybe before we converted YouTube over to. It might've been, you know, you... we might. I think we might've had Erica on maybe just solo. Cause Erica had that really cool streak where she had run three of her marathon majors had been Kipchoge's world record Berlin marathon. And then I think Dez's Boston win and then Shalane's New York marathon. Okay. Now, so this is their fourth okay, because what was the first? when I go back August 25th, 2019, I'm on our IG. 
Oh, do we have them in the fall? Um, in 2019, we had them. Where am I missing? Oh, wait, hold on. But so the caption says, remember Erica and Heather from our episode about fundraising a while back? Oh, yeah. I don't know if that was actually an interview or if we just simply pointed out that they got their acceptance. Uh, no, I'm. Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, you know what? Yeah, you might be right. I think right. we might have had Erica just on by herself to talk about, and that, like you said, that goes back before when we were still doing YouTube. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They're just fun to have on. They are. And here they are. All right. But before we get to this interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're still recording. Ah, not I still. thought you stopped. I it again. Oh, yeah. It's Super Bowl week. Golly, this is just where my mind has been. Uh, so we do have to talk about the Super Bowl real quick. Um, yeah. We got to make it quick because I just hit Erica and Heather's interview. And uh, now we're right back where we were. Uh, Chiefs Patriots. You have the GOAT versus the potential GOAT. And complete people, please just sit back and appreciate Tom Brady for being the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game. You and I do not disagree on that, do we? I, no, I, he's really good. I can no, no, no. I, I, you can't, you cannot deny, you can't deny what he's achieved. You can't deny, um, everything he's done. I, I was talking to my dad about this today. I think you're almost at the point now where you have to start looking at Bill Belichick's a hell of a coach. Yeah. Bill Belichick in New England probably doesn't – no, not probably. It doesn't happen without Tom Brady. No, not to, definitely not to the extent it did. Because none, no of his, none of his assistants ever go on to be successful at all. Right. And I think part of it is just that none of those assistants have had Tom Brady. I agree with that. So here's what I, here's what I hate about it. I cannot stomach another Tom Brady fucking championship. I can't have it, man. And I hate that because I really like Bruce Arians. I would love Bruce Arians as a 68-year-old first-time Super Bowl head coach to win that title because he is one of the coolest coaches. Dude, like pre-pandemic times when he was a head coach in Arizona, he used to serve – he basically used to bartend out of the trunk of his car after games. He'd have all the guys – because he bartended at college. He would have all the guys out to his trunk. They'd pop open. He'd serve gin and tonics and serve beer and hang out with the players. Like, fucking coolest head coach. But, God, I – I can't have another Tom Brady Super Bowl. What's wrong with that? He's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and people still debate it. I, I, I have no rooting interest on Sunday. I really don't. Um, I honestly, I honestly don't either. You know I, what I'm hoping for? A shootout. Well, do you remember the game a couple of years ago when it was the Rams versus the Patriots, and uh-huh. people thought it was me this huge offensive shootout because that Rams offense had been so. And it was good. the most boring Super Bowl of all time. Yes, just not that. Just please give me anything <laughs> oh, yeah. but that, and I'll be thrilled. I don't. I honestly don't care who wins because yeah. I'll be happy. I'll be happy for people on either side. Just give me a good game. You either have Tom Brady further cementing himself as the best quarterback to ever play the game by far, and throwing himself into greatest athlete of all time in the sense of sport. I know he's not up there with LeBron James and Calvin Johnson and players like that as an athlete, but just the greatest person to ever play a sport. Yeah. You know, I, he, 10, he put, 10 Super Bowls in 21 years. Yeah. And if he wins 
seven <laughs> of 21. Yeah. Th- you're saying 30% of his time in a sport yeah. with the amount of parity that it has. It's insane. It's with two insane. different teams. And, and, and uh, yeah, he's hands down the best quarterback ever. We can start throwing him into a completely different conversation um, if, if they win on Sunday. But so you have that versus probably the quarterback with the best potential to take that throne from him yeah. in the next 10 to 15 years. With a hell um, of a coach. And I think they're both likable. Yeah. Which yeah. is the other thing. Um, Tyreek Hill, maybe not so much. Yeah. But um, Tyreek Hill is fun as hell to watch. I'll tell you that. God, not when he's running down your team's that's, throat. That's true. But even the, yeah, even then, it's kind of entertaining. I I can't look at the Chiefs team and be like, I mean, they're just so much fun to watch. They're such yeah. a good team. Um, Tyreek Hill just moves everywhere in the backfield. Yeah, I, I, you just you're watching it pre-snap, and I'm getting whiplash from my couch. I know. Like, I can't imagine what it's like to be a defender out there. Go, I'm supposed to defend. He's getting, he's getting a running start. I don't know where this dude's starting at. And he's going to be coming at me with momentum. And he's already 10 times faster than I am. Like, right. Sione Taki Taki, I'm sorry. You're fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, but, I mean, what else do you do? I mean, it's just it, – it, I hope it's fun to watch. I hope it's high scoring. I uh, Yeah. I will, I will appreciate the greatness that is on display. I think we missed that too much in sports today because we spend too much time debating yes. who's better than who. And it causes, yes. which I think the debates can be okay as long as it does not cause you to have disdain for somebody. Like yeah. people say LeBron James sucks and he's overrated. No, he's not. He's, okay, if he's not the greatest, he's one of the top three greatest basketball players to ever play the game. Sit back and enjoy it. Sit back and enjoy Tom Brady. Enjoy enjoy Patrick Mahomes. Enjoy these players playing. And with that said, um, I'm going uh, 38 to 34. Ooh, man. Who? Uh, I don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't have a team? Uh, Okay, I'm going to take the torches past um kansas city wins okay which is means it's gonna the bucks will win but I'm, I'm gonna take the chiefs 38 to 34 i think i'm gonna go um i think i'm gonna go 27 24 Whoa. with the very shaky harrison butker hitting a late field goal to secure the win for kansas city it, when you say 20 i write these down like i'm gonna circle back to them I, yeah that's what i was just thinking like <laughs> Uh, yeah, 27 24. 27 24. Okay, yeah, Harrison Bucker, who's been shaky, very shaky. Um, he kicks a late field yeah, goal. He kept the Browns in the game, yes, he did. Yes, he did. All right, so there you have it. Those predictions will not be wrong for what by the time this is posted tomorrow. <laughs> no, that's right. We, we might have people on the COVID list, and we're gonna be like, yeah, no, this definitely ain't gonna be the score now, but there's I no. Think they're- I think they're bubbling because while we were recording tonight, I saw uh, late for that chief chiefs bucks, clear COVID tests. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that means they're like bubbling up or what, but we're recording this on the Tuesday before. So yeah, that's the one thing I, I hope to hell like COVID doesn't oh, take that, somebody. 
important out. Yeah, or anybody at all, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That I mean, but no, but no. I'm I'm thinking of it from a football perspective. I mean, you know what that that uh one kid. (laughs) Can you imagine if it's Tom Brady versus Chad Honey, two Michigan quarterbacks? No, wait. No, Uh, who? Um, God dang it. Who is uh, Tom Brady's backup? He posted something awesome. Uh, I don't even know who's their backup is. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I don't know. We got to figure it out, but we don't need to do it now. You need to go listen to uh, this. For the second time, I'm going to lead you into this interview with <laughs> Heather McLeod and Erica Gennaro. Hey, Erica. Hey, Heather. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Hi, guys. How is the weather up in New England? <laughs> Slushy. <laughs> I didn't run today, but I know Erica did, so she can probably... Uh, yeah, up. we just had a nor'easter, um, so, you know, lots of snow, which turned to rain. Yeah. We're still stuck in snow here. It's freezing. Oh, it is going to be like 10 degrees on Monday. With lows in the the negatives, mm. as a as an I hate treadmill runner, I'm just so looking forward to that. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the treadmill? I don't like them, um, and actually, I actually prefer the winter when it comes. To, um, yeah, I actually prefer winter. I'm so glad we brought video back. Yeah, that was great. Between Heather's reaction to me asking about the weather and then Erica looking over at the barking dog. Oh, this is great. So startled, too. Oh, my gosh. Your dog has made some pretty good appearances on our podcast. Yes. I know. Um, Last time was his toy, the squeak toy. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. I was watching. Um, I was going through all our videos from last year. And I stumbled across that and I could not stop laughing. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> Erica likes the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Cold, cold is good. You know, the thing about the cold is that like I was out running today and it's cold here. And so I dreaded it all day. And then as soon as I suited up and went outside and started running, I'm like, this isn't bad. Like you warm up after the first half mile it's really not that bad. And as long as it's not super windy, I'm just a big wuss. Like the cold is my resistance and I battle myself internally trying to overcome that resistance. And as soon as I do, I'm fine. Hard disagree. I'll stick with the treadmill. What about you, Heather? I was actually looking at buying a treadmill. I just uh, moved to North Shore of Boston. So I actually have space now for like a gym area, which is great. Do you have um, Aldi near you? Do you guys have Aldi in Boston? We do. There's one or two. Okay, yeah. they're they're putting treadmills out this week for two fifty. So really? There you go. Mo- yes, yes, it's in their ad. Cool. Nice. So I'll check that out. You're welcome. Yeah, but I actually I see you have an exercise bike. I did order one of those because my knee's been hurting, so I kind of wanted something a little bit um, low impact for cardio. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's nice yeah. having the stuff at home. Just in general, I, I, I love it. I, I've been using the crap out of it because it's cold out and I hate it. I can't do what Adam does. I just can't. 
when Heather when Heather moved, she moved to the top of a hill, and there's hills all surrounding her. So perfect. Yeah. So nice. like even without a pandemic, you'd be stuck at home right now because you would probably not be able to drive anywhere. Yeah, I have a Yaris, which is not great in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect car for Boston. Just not the perfect car for living on top of a hill in the middle of a snowstorm. So no. <laughs> um, we, we've had you guys on, is this your third time? Or is this no, maybe four, I four. think. Yeah, it's three or four for sure. That's really exciting. So you guys, well, I mean, but we've had you on for some bad reasons recently because we talked about Tokyo being canceled and then uh, Chicago was canceled. You guys are rocking your team pause um, pullovers, which is awesome. Uh, that's the, the charity you guys are raising money for. Was that for Chicago? London. Oh, London. Yeah. Oh, London. See, I can't even remember what races you guys were doing last year. London, well, we were not talking, Chicago. We were talking about this. And like, so we had you guys on really early in lockdown. And you were just coming off of Tokyo being canceled. And Eric, I think you said you weren't even sure if London at the time was going to happen yet. So. Yeah, I don't think they officially called it last time we were on. Okay. I think that happened after, if I'm remembering right. Okay. Yeah. So where does all that stand right now? Like, do you guys have any idea? I mean, like what's happened? Tokyo obviously isn't happening this year. Because uh, that, that's already coming, unless they've moved it. Well, I think all six majors are moved to the fall. Yeah, that's my recollection as well. Okay. So Tokyo, and Heather, correct me if I'm wrong, Tokyo actually postponed from like the first week in March this year to the fall. So they gave mm -hmm. runners the option to either run in 2021 or 2022. And so 2021 will be in the fall and then 2022 will be in March per usual. So they're gonna do two pretty close to one another. And then London, do you know what's happening with London, Heather? I think it's in the fall too. Yeah, I think it's the same, but they also gave us the option for 2023 as well. Yeah. So what we decided to do was run Tokyo in 2022, London in 2023. Okay. And that's going to finish you up for the World Marathon Majors then? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, just a few years late. Yeah. yeah. When did y'all start doing that again? 2017. Yeah. Man, that would have been so much more badass to have it done in three years as opposed to six. Yeah. Because you would have been able to have been like, yeah, two a year. And now it's like, uh, you know, in 20 years when we aren't talking about 2020 anymore, <laughs> just not going to sound as cool. Yeah. Are we going to be talking about 2020 forever? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just checking. How was like the races like you guys were going to run last year? Uh, and Heather, you had kind of messaged me some stuff after our episode a couple weeks ago. Um, how are you kind of handling just the uncertainty of this year? Uh, you know, not just necessarily in running, but 
uh, last year we knew the whole year was gone. It almost made it easier. This year, it's like, okay, what are we getting back? When are we getting it back? And uh, I'm just, I'm kind of curious, you know, as you guys are talking about running in 2022 and 2023, you know, you've set your calendar out that far. What's 2021 look like for you? And how do you kind of feel about those plans being made? I want, I want you, Heather, you, you messaged me about it. So. Yeah, sure. Um, did you read the article? By chance? I, you know, I didn't. I just remember. <laughs> I did. I just, I just now remembered you messaged me. So you and Adam take this. <laughs> okay. Well, Stockdale the, paradox. Yes. Um, so I read that article last year. My manager at work had shared it with me. And then that comes from a book, a business book called Good to Great that I just read to. So I kind of like find myself of it. And basically what it is, is there is this POW in Vietnam named Jane Stockdale, and he survived in Vietnam for seven years. Um, he was tortured 20 times, um, and he came out, actually, like, he wrote a book about his experience, and he came out, like, not completely destroyed as a person, actually, like, really inspirational. And when people talk to him and interview him, he says that it was always the optimists that were really struggling to make it through because they say, oh, well, we're going to be home by Christmas. And that didn't happen. Um, so his kind of concept that I wrote down so I get the wording right is that you need to have unwavering faith that you will prevail, and, but also the discipline to, be, to um, confront the brutal facts of the reality of like, we might not know when we can run a marathon with 30,000 people again without a mask or without or with going back to normal. So I kind of like that concept and I've been trying to take that into business and also like about running as well because last year was pretty defeating when we were like, oh, we'll definitely get to do London in the fall. Right. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on that? That's kind of the mindset I've been trying to take with it though. Well, I want, I want you to read that to me again. Um, unwavering faith to prevail. What was the second part of that? So he, he was said the like eternal optimists are the ones that yeah. really struggle because they were setting um, themselves up for failure, basically promising themselves, oh, we'll, we'll be home by Christmas. So his um, approach to the very horrible situation he was in was that you need to have unwavering faith that you will prevail. So it's like a form of optimism. So not being a complete cynic, but also the discipline to confront the brutal facts of the situation. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Cause I mean, I think that's how, you know, when I think that's kind of how we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. So we're doing something. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the, uh, the eternal optimists are the people who thought, Oh, it's 2021. It's going to be over. <laughs> you know, the people, uh, a few people got jabbed in the arm. It's over. It, it's like, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I remember seeing all those, you know, you had news, heli you had like helicopters following these semi-trucks carrying these vaccines. Like it's, it's a huge deal, but it was like, it was almost such a big deal that it created that like over optimism uh, yeah. that, that I think, you know, has led to some disappointment, but I think, you know, yeah, you have to that unwavering faith to prevail and the discipline to, I, I suck at writing stuff down and remembering it right when you tell it to me to confront whatever. 
brutal facts. Brutal. Um, I, I like the word. Burn. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's go with that. Well, thank you for sharing that because that's legit. Yeah, it was a. It was a really good read, and you know, as I was reading it last night, getting ready for tonight one of the things that hit me was, you know, we've been, has Massachusetts opened restaurants yet at any point? Very low capacity. Okay. Yeah, it's at like 25% capacity. Um, some places There's, are still trying outdoor dining or like the igloo pods or yeah. <laughs> but like, that's freaky too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I ask because Ohio opened, like restaurants were open for dine-in Memorial Day weekend last year. And I know you guys started doing that much later. And so I would, I would get people that would come in right in the immediate aftermath of kind of Ohio's lockdown. And what I would often hear from the people that you kind of knew were in for a rough go was the, this can't be the new normal. You know, this is so overblown, like a lot of denial of, of where we were. And, you know, Andrew and I have talked about it, like we you know, we've been fairly lucky throughout this whole process because we haven't lost our jobs. Nobody really close to us has come down with COVID, has died of COVID. Like we've escaped thus far kind of the major impacts of this, but life has still changed in a lot of significant ways. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like we've done a decent job of kind of adapting to the changes as they've, as they've come. And um, it, it's sort of that, like you said, there's that optimism that eventually, yes, we're going to run races some form of normalcy is going to come back. But as the article pointed out, there's some normalcy that isn't going to come back. There's going to be restaurants that don't ever reopen businesses that don't ever reopen. People have died. And so there's this, what we lost, you know, last March is some of that's not coming back. And it's a matter of how well do you roll and kind of accept that and take whatever life kind of throws at you. I, I it was a great article. It was a great read. Thanks for sharing it. I'll make sure to read it. <laughs> you didn't do <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> I'm the worst kind of person sometimes. Like I I just am. It's okay. <laughs> you know what's awesome about having Heather on and having the video is you can see her like looking off to the side. Yep. And you can see that she's reading her notes. Like it's great when your guests come far more prepared um than the uh co-hosts do because I have like <laughs> I really don't have much because we're you know talking about the last year and um, this year. And that's pretty much it. Because what else is there to talk about? The outline is 2020, 2021. <laughs> Essentially, actually, it's just, it says fundraising because I'm curious about what happened with that. Uh, and let's, let's go to that. Let's talk about the fundraising a little bit. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about Tokyo and London. So with you guys doing uh, those races in 22 and 23, uh, when, like, do you have to re-fundraise or no. no? Thankfully. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We actually just hit our fundraising goal, like, I don't know, two or three weeks before the pandemic hit. Yeah. So we finished well before London. We actually... Yeah, I mean, I'm super thankful for that. Um, yeah, same. I don't know how we would have done it otherwise. That would have been a lot of pressure. Because you, if I recall, you guys like to do gatherings, like having people at bars where it's like so much of the proceeds go toward the bar and so much of the proceeds go to you guys. So obviously that all requires people being able to get together. Yep. Yeah, every one of our events was, well, event-based, you know, we 
right. 50, 60 people there. And so I actually don't know what the future of fundraising for marathons can or will look like. So that'll be really interesting. You mean like just for the next couple of years? Or you just mean moving forward in general? Both. Yeah, I think the next couple of years will be interesting and people have to get creative. But then beyond that, I'll be curious to see what people come up with that works, that's new and different. Now, what's making you think that it might be different? Like, are you assuming that there's just like races are going to have different ways they approach fundraising just because of the uncertainty around what racing is going to look like? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. I kind of agree with you, though. Like, if um, I don't know what the spots look like for the fall marathons, but if people are signing up now to fundraise for the fall, not knowing about what the fall is going to look like, that's... That's tough. And it's not a lot of time. No. And people are out of work. Yeah. I I think that's the scariest part. Like, I think it was a bit sobering to people who put their finances on the line, saying they could definitely hit these fundraising minimums. And Mm -hmm. then when the pandemic hit and people started losing jobs, a lot of people couldn't donate the money they would have to their runner family members or, um, you know, you can't hold the events. And I, I worry that that might discourage future fundraisers. Yeah. Um, just knowing that they're on the line for any money that they can't raise to hit the minimum. Right. I see what you're saying. I was trying to yeah figure out where the difference in, yeah. Like, why was fundraising going to be different because of the pandemic? Yeah. So you think it's really around the uncertainty and the financial tie you have, because you're base, you are guaranteeing, like, this money is going to be raised. And if I don't raise it, you can take it from my bank account. Right. Yeah, that's pretty, that is really terrifying at the beginning of a pandemic. I think the other thing too is like you look at like say Boston's announcements I think last week when they said hey October 11th assuming we can we're going to have an in-person event what was noticeably absent from that was any sense of how big a field would look you know how they're going to be able to logistically have all that Um, can they run the actual course like Cleveland today Andrew just put out an email saying you know what they anticipate for the spring and granted we anticipate spring and fall are going to look very different but right within that email was, we really don't know what the course is going to look like because we don't know what we're going to get approved to do. And it just, it makes it so hard when you think about how races before all this could say, okay, if we're going to have a field that's this big, this many people will be in as fundraisers. Now it's like, how do you determine what those sizes look like when we don't even know what the fall looks like? Twenty twenty one is going to be fun. It's, uh, it's just so uncertain. That's what yeah. sucks. That's yeah. The, that's the part that, because you say fall is going to, oh, we don't know that. <laughs> right. I mean, we don't. No, not at all. What's going to happen with Boston qualifiers? That's, that's something I'm interested about because, and you guys live in Boston. I mean, I guess that makes it relevant. Because, like, you, if they cut the field size down, that 
um, that cutoff time is going to be ridiculously low. I can only imagine what it's going to be. So a lot of people who were registered to run in Boston in 2020 may never actually get that shot unless they do like, you know, like the year after the bombing where they allowed a bunch more people to register to kind of accommodate for those affected, unless they were to do something like that. I mean, you're probably talking about 15, 16,000 people at that point. What do you guys think they should do? Or what do you think they will do? I wish I could say. Yeah, it'll be speculation, so I'm not really not sure. And I imagine there's going, once again, when things are normal, there's going to be a lot of pent up demand in the next few years. There might be yeah. people that like yeah. got into running during the pandemic because it was their escape. So it'll be really interesting to see what the maybe, field looks like. Maybe for a couple of years, they'll just have two Boston marathons, a spring and a fall. Ooh, Ooh I like that idea. I love the idea of it being in like September, October. I do remember last year when they'd pushed it back, there were people saying like the idea of a Boston marathon as the leaves were changing would be an absolutely gorgeous experience. Yeah. Coming off. And to do the one that happened in the fall would have been like such a story for so many people to yeah. tell. But I wonder, yeah, if this will kind of have, you were talking about the, you know, kind of pent up demand to race i wonder if uh you'll maybe see you know after the bombing you saw like massive spikes in people qualifying for boston because it became like it became just so coveted for so many people um wonder if you start to see that uh, that type of motivation again because of all the stuff that was stripped away now yeah and all the people who are going to get jived by however they decide to work with qualifiers for um, whatever they're able to put on in the fall. I, I, Adam didn't like it when I proposed it earlier, but I say you have to do it on like that. You have to like cut the field in half and do it like back to back days or something. You can't just leave 16,000 people out in the cold. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's one of those things where, I think it's one of those things where as far as racing goes, at least for this year and possibly into next year, some of these things are going to be determined by just simply what you're able to do, like what's safely able to do. And it might just not look like normal. <laughs> and Boston may not even allow it because Boston wouldn't allow it right now. Right. No, no. I wonder if they would allow for like in person um, on the course as well as virtually like same day, but for those who aren't comfortable traveling, letting them do it virtually as well. I, I did see they were doing a virtual option as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I believe I read that correctly. But virtual races, I just can't get into. I didn't even read the email because I didn't want to get my hopes up. Right. <laughs> oh, Boston. So let me ask you to, given all of that, given that, you know, your calendar is set really more looking at next year, what really are you doing right now as runners? Like, what does your 2021 look like? Is there that motivation to keep training or is it more of a back burner thing for you right now? Well, Erica's got plenty of time. She was telling us beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, my goal is to just keep moving right now. I've set sort of an arbitrary number. I want to hit hopefully 30 miles a week. It doesn't matter if it's all easy miles or if I do hills one day, speed work a day, like I just need to get out the door every day. That's okay. the goal that I've set for myself. So 30 miles a week, um, January was great. I just started classes again yesterday. So February, March might be tough, but after that, I want to pick the mileage back up again. And uh, Erica also just started her own dog training business and still works full-time. So, and she still finds time to run. So that really makes me seem like a slouch. Heather, how about you? What's your uh, 2021 look like from a running standpoint? So I similarly just wanted to keep enjoying it and maybe set like a weekly or monthly goal. Um, I have had a bad start because I did something to my knee already. Um, so now I'm trying to get that um, working again. So the goal would be mainly trying to be better disciplined about strength training and stretching and just like overall becoming a stronger runner because I don't want that to happen when I'm ready for, for a marathon when it's possible. Um, so what are some of the things you're doing like strength training wise? I mean, are, you're, uh, are gyms open in Massachusetts or are you having to look at more home uh, workouts? Yeah, definitely at home stuff. Um, gyms are open. The only one I've been, I, I, I like rock climbing as well. So I've been to the indoor rock climbing gyms. Um, Capacity is really low. It seems pretty safe, but I haven't been to any of the other gyms. So I'm not sure what it, what it's like. Um, so I've been trying to like, just put together a little at home gym, doing some online videos. And I got a BOSU, one of those BOSU balls. Yeah. So a lot of balancing and trying to work on uh, that too so is that one of those ones that's cut in half yeah no. okay i have one i just never knew it was called that oh they're great yeah so what i feel like there was you just texted me anything else adam and i feel like there was something else i wanted to ask but this always happens to you i know <laughs> I'm so flustered because of my Chipotle still like the sour cream is still upsetting you. No, well, you <laughs> missed the first part of it. I ordered it at six o'clock. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. And it didn't get here till like seven Oh four and they picked up food for somebody else and delivered it to them first. And I didn't get sour cream and it's just been a nightmare of a day. Um, One of the great things about working in a restaurant is that later on, towards closing we have people in our area that apparently don't tip their drivers and so there will be like towards closing orders that come in where drivers just don't want to pick them up because they know they're not going to get tipped like they recognize the names and so it happens at least once a week where I go to leave the building and I look over and there's a bag full of food that just isn't ever going to be picked up I've had so many free meals in the last couple of months it's great <laughs> oh that's sad See, it pisses Not for me, me off because I always tip well, especially during a pandemic. I always add a few extra dollars on yeah. that amount. And so I'm just like, I mean, I think these people see it beforehand. I know they do with like Instacart and stuff, which yeah. I've only used once because I have an Aldi right across the street from me, which is selling treadmills for $249.99. <laughs> That's the time I'm Aldi. 
They have everything. I think that's where I got my, what's it called? A BOSU ball? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I got my BOSU ball. What else did I get from there? Are you a paid spokesperson? I was just going to say, no. it sounds yeah. like no. a sponsorship no. opportunity. No, trust me. I sell things I don't get paid for a lot better than things I do get paid for. Ask the CBD <laughs> company we worked for for a year. Um, God, that's true. I don't think we made a dollar from that. Nope. We didn't, we didn't lose a dollar though, right? That's true. Yeah. It's kind of like my trading AMC stock this last week. Um, <laughs> I made $3. Woo! Congrats, bud. <laughs> you show those Wall Street traders. I got them. I love your dog popping yes. into our podcast. Can we, can, can, we, can we see him or her? Of course. I love See how well trained, uh, boy or girl? Boy. See how well trained he is. Her, I, I tell you what, yeah, I'm going to have to make sure we post her. Um, she puts Adam Wren to shame on her plant usage for her room in her. It's a solid room raider pick, absolutely. Yeah. And now there's a dog in it. So it's Hi, Arlo. <laughs> hey, pop pop. We'll make sure to post this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so do you guys have any final thoughts for tw- for everybody listening for 2021? Heather, I just I, I just have to say I love um, I love those quotes. Unwavering faith to prevail, discipline to confront brutal facts. And you know, I'm going yeah. through a lot right now. So that yeah, that, I was just, that's like your, really your burrito situation. This is perfect. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what I meant. I meant yeah. the burrito situation. Nothing else in my personal life is that relevant to at all. <laughs> so I'm just grateful for that. Sometimes you just hear things that you yeah. she left us with a great quote last time too. Oh shit, I'm gonna have to go listen to that. I, I didn't say that I could like actually remember it, but I remember it was a very profound quote that she closed with. Hmm. Sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. You had an outline then too. <laughs> yes. Well, so Erica, is this why you text me every time before we do a uh, conversation with you? Do you have an outline? Is it Heather asking you for an outline? Yeah. Yes. And I would just like to add to you that normally I am an over-preparer, but due to my lack of time, it's just like for the first time ever, anything goes. So it's fine. That's, that's, that's pretty much how we're treating these interviews right now. And these are always tough because we have two of you and we don't always know. We're not always directing a question at somebody. I think that's what's always different in this is like, I just want one of you to answer and, and I, I can see in your eyes that you're like, wait, which one of us is <laughs> But we're all, oh, no, say what you were going to say. For 2021, I don't have anything profound to say, but I will say that <clears throat> one thing that I've been telling myself is that since Heather and I have been running basically two marathons a year since 2017, um, I keep telling myself that it's okay to sleep in on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And if I don't want to run, I don't have to run. It doesn't matter it, what time I start at. I can start at 2 p.m. I don't have to get out the door for 5 a.m. to meet a group of six people. And um, I think that's been a welcome change. Mm-hmm. 
so many years of sure. constant training. Yeah, it's kind of that acceptance of, um, you know, just that this year is not, we kind of know what this year is going to be. And yeah, it's fine to, even if there are races, you know, just speaking of this from a running standpoint, if there are races, you know, they're not going to be the same that we had before last year. And it's okay to be like, I don't think I want to do that. And do I want to do the 5 a.m. wake-ups? It doesn't mean you don't run. Right. You, don't, you don't have to, you know, kill yourself and train for a race. We can all just kind of get back to enjoying running because we kind of, you know, we're, we're kind of confronting some brutal facts here. Did you notice I looked down to read something? Um, we're confronting <laughs> brutal facts. And um, yeah, I like that. Like we're all kind of on the same page there. That's a good place to end it, I think. Confront brutal facts. But we, we have faith to prevail too. I don't want to leave that away from there. But um, we're always grateful to have you two on. Yes. And uh, we don't have to plug any fundraising you're doing because your fundraising is already complete. Woo! For 2022 and 23, 23, congratulations. You guys are ahead of the game. So uh, Erica Gennaro, Heather McLeod, always good to talk to you. Adam. I'll talk to you next week. I believe we're going to have Sarah Hoover on. Oh, that's uh, next. Oh, a riot. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to make sure I eat well before that one. I can't go in with a no sour cream late burrito. Um, but uh, I look forward to talking to you guys again. We will stay in contact on social media as always. And uh, so to everyone at home, stay safe, stay clean, stay home. And enjoy your miles, everybody. Bye.